Welcome to In the Name of Game. Welcome once again to In the Name of Game, a video game podcast. Today is May 3rd, 2020. Welcome again to In the Name of Game. I'm your host, Iggy. And I'm co-host Adam. And I'm co-host Colin. And welcome back again. Uh, David is, has disappeared for this week, but he'll be back, I believe, if not the next show, then the show right after. Um, so we have some fun stuff to talk about today, some uh, stuff that we may be avoiding a little bit, but... <laughs> <laughs> but no no we, we have a, that we, some of us legally have to avoid perhaps yeah. but some of us don't and the ones who legally have to avoid God. it are forcing the people who don't legally have to avoid it to avoid it avoiding it wait what yeah okay no <laughs> that doesn't make any sense anyway it makes sense in my head okay so we have we have a bunch of different topics and then also a nice little discussion so um First off, I'd like to say that it is really obnoxious, the thing that EA is trying to do to Rock Band fans on iOS, Just because I just saw this, so I think it's worth mentioning. I've never seen in the past, unless it's a subscription-based game, that uh, a company has basically told its, uh, its users, like, hey, thanks for buying this game, uh, we're going to not let you play it anymore, <laughs> so thanks for your money, and... Adios, basically. Oh my God. So, so basically, the Rock Band iOS like game or app, whatever, uh, will quote unquote no longer be playable after May thirty first. And they left this lovely pop up message that was screenshotted on Joystick saying, "Dear Rockers, on May thirty first, Rock Band will no longer be playable on your device. Thanks for rocking out with us. And then Seriously, your only choice is to press cancel." <laughs> like I cancel out of EA, thanks. Yeah, and that's and and it's also ridiculous that apparently it's still for sale right now. Right. So they're selling a game that you're going to get to use for under 30 days. Wait, yeah. seriously? Here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Because they haven't indicated unless the App Store has done something by now. Um, whether it's still possible for people that are unaware of this issue to buy the game. So it's very likely that if somebody was really into the Rock Band game, they'd buy it and be like, wait, what is this message? And then you don't really get, I haven't seen people really get refunds in the App Store before. So it's kind of like once, sort of like with Steam, right? Like once you put your money in there, that's it. You can't, like, I can't get a refund for Brink, you know, like it doesn't happen. So um, I think uh, one of the guys behind Harmonics. Let's see what it says. Communications guru John Drake is saying, like, they're trying to get some clarification on this. However, I don't know if he means clarification on this particular message or whether one of the other Rock Band apps will also be affected. So it very well may stay the case that the people that have the original Rock Band app are, are screwed, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like I'm looking at the, the page on iTunes right now in the store, and it doesn't mm -hmm. say anything that it's going away. You know, it says, uh, yeah, just normal. Game update now available. Yeah, that's now probably the update. Bad experience. <laughs> like, Here, buy this game. You don't know what the update is. You have to, see, you have to no. buy it to see what it is. How terrible. No, that's really retarded. And I, I'm not sure how much it was. I'm assuming it's somewhere between so, 10 and $20 at the most. Yeah, originally it was $10, but now it's it's four ninety nine. <laughs> but 
know. So you can play it. What a value. You can play it for four ninety nine for like less than a month now. Yeah, and then you could also still do like purchases of more songs in the app. So see, that is despicable. If that's the case, they should shut down the ability to buy it, but also fuck it, shut down the ability to buy more songs. Don't trick people into thinking like they have a whole wealth yeah. of songs to choose from. It was such a limited time. But um yeah, EA's done a lot of bizarre shit lately. Next up, they're just going to come to your house and repo your games. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, thank God Valve is not like EA because somebody brought up a good point before. Like, people are becoming so dependent on Steam games. What if, heaven forbid, one day Steam goes under or they decide, decided to change some of their policies and made it so that, like, all your library of games is heavily affected. Like, maybe, like, this kind of thing. Some of the games would lock out after a while. Or if Steam just disappeared, like, what would you do? You well, know? I think that Valve's made a promise in the past. Granted, it's just a promise. But, I mean, I mean they've delivered on everything. But, anyway, I mean, they've made a promise <laughs> in the past. They've made, they've made a promise in the past where if, they, uh, if Steam had to be shut down, they had to shut down, like, the DRM servers or whatever. That they would open up, I think, all their games. Not just Valve games, but all the games that are in your library. Mm. You know, And I don't know how the other you know, distributors or developers feel about that. But it seems like every game you have in your library would be free to play after that. See, that's the fair thing to do, I think. But, yeah. I mean, ideally in their minds, it, will, it would never have to come to that, probably. But, you know, if it does, who knows. Um, uh, also with EA... There's another article that said that uh, they're trying to do some kind of almost focus group poll about origin. So they're asking asking company or uh, customers now, what's your favorite origin feature, and uh, what features would you like to see in the future? So it's sort of like they're saying, think of it as an internet-based focus group. <laughs> so I am fully expecting to see a shitload of really bad messages <laughs> sent to Origin or to EA. Uh, whatever this group is that's taking these uh, these polls. But uh, I don't know, like, maybe are they going to try to filter out only the good things or something? It seems like a very bizarre move on their part. Like, they clearly haven't given a shit about people's opinions before regarding <laughs> Origin. So I'm not sure yeah. what's making them start now. Maybe they just aren't getting the sales numbers that they were hoping for with their downloads or something? No, uh, I imagine. I wonder why. Could it be that their service really sucks? <laughs> It really does. Yeah. Like the last time, I was trying to play some uh, Mass Effect 3 multiplayer over the weekend, and uh, at one point, for some reason, anybody that's played will recognize at the beginning, like when you first just start up the game, you usually have this fucking long waiting screen at the the main menu just for it to connect to EA, the, the, the network. And for whatever reason, it was jacked up over the weekend, and it took me, like, five minutes just waiting at the main menu screen, like, connecting to EA servers or whatever. Like, what the f- You can't cancel out of it either once it starts doing that. So they, they still have kind of a ways to go before they become remotely, like, uh, reliable with this kind of shit. But, uh, yeah. Dumb. Um, dumb. Very dumb. Yeah. Super dumb. <laughs> Extremely, extremely dumb. Extremely dumb. Yeah. Anyway, so that's probably enough for EA bashing for today. Um, it's a weekly thing, though. Yeah, but I mean, if they didn't keep providing so many good examples of yeah. why to do it. <laughs> I, mean, I thought I hated Activision, but damn. I mean, well, these see, guys are giving them yeah, a run for their money. You know what's funny is before EA started all this stuff, this this particular year, 
Activision was like the the whipping boy. The whipping boy, right? Yeah. yeah. And now the ironic thing is they're actually making um, Activision look really great by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen people on board saying, "Like, dude, I guess Activision's not as bad." <laughs> You know, it's not like they're great in these people's eyes, but they're less the lesser of two evils. Oh, here's here's another thing that's great is to show how EA is retarded. One of their, I think, uh, product managers or something was basically bashing uh, Black Ops on Twitter. And I got to find this guy's name like um, he was really I think they put it up. Or they might not have put it up in joystick, but basically he had said. That like, oh, Black Ops, you seem rather tired. Maybe you should take like a year off and rest or something <laughs> like that. But it's like, does he not realize? Take like 10 years off. No, no, but the thing is, does he not oh. realize that EA does the exact same fucking production cycle with yeah. their military or with, games? Or with EA Sports. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah, sports, I think the sports games are the worst. Some glass house shit here because he really <laughs> is is a little... Let's see if I can find the actual guy's name just so, so all you guys can, can look it up because it's... Wow, why am I getting all this weird spam mail? Oh, cod junk, okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, no, I, my, my work email is a little backlogged. Um, so, yeah, nobody has... I don't think anyone's officially responded to him because it kind of speaks for itself, I guess. But, uh, oh, his name is, okay, his name's Kevin O'Leary, and his exact wording on his Twitter was, poor hashtag Black Ops 2, you look tired, you should take a year off and rest. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Oh my god. I'm really is this, is this some marketing, like, know. fuck? He is, okay, he's EA's global product manager. Yep, hang on, wait, I hear this, it's a load of shit. <laughs> All I hear is a corporate hack title. You know okay? what's, you know what's funny, too, is that... He's totally opening themselves up to like getting some massive burns because, for example, you know that new Medal of Honor game that's going to come out in the fall. It's Didn't coming. The first one old fail miserably. It did okay. I don't think it was a, a super failure. I mean, obviously it wasn't. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making a sequel. They'd just be like, "Well, fuck it. We're just going to yeah. put it in a vault for like another couple of years." But um, <laughs> their game, the new one, is going to come out. At, I think mid or late October. So it's not even trying to play with the big boys in November. And I'm not talking about just Black Ops. There's like Assassin's Creed and all these other games coming out in November. So there's going to be a fucking huge feud, essentially. Like, who will be supreme in November? So they even know, they, they recognize on some, some level, they are not even fit to compete with any of those dudes in November. So yeah. they are trying to put it in just before, when people aren't, you know... Uh, already buying those games so that already is an indication that they are the lesser of of the two companies <laughs> and, and this little guy is just impotently you know oh i'm gonna send this tweet this is really gonna give him a sick burn i'll you know? show them Ooh, exactly it's like it's like it's it reminds me of like you know you watch like some old cartoon or something like these two rich guys start fighting they just like slap each other with handkerchiefs yeah. That's all I think about. It's so fucking lame. Well, the other thing, too, is even by doing hashtag Black Ops 2, whether he realizes it or not, he's advertising for Black Ops. Yeah, he is. <laughs> what a fucking moron. <laughs> like, wow, how did you get this job? I mean, because it seems pretty easy for anybody to have it, apparently. Just, uh, wow. And it, it just makes him look childish, even if we're ignoring the whole company versus company thing. 
just him calling out another company for no real reason. It's not like they poked him first or something like I don't that. Think it even looks as childish as it just looks fucking stupid. It does. I mean, if they were a different company, say Valve said it, or say yeah. like, uh, I don't know, fuck, even Square Enix or something, some <laughs> totally different sort of company said it, or Ubisoft maybe, although they're still kind of a little guilty of some of that stuff, then you could be like, ooh, the glove's been dropped, like what's going to happen? But it's EA, they're doing the same shit. Actually, they're yeah. worse because they have all those sports titles they keep churning out. Yeah. So they have more titles per year that it's just they're adding another year number on, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they, they really should watch what they say. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting just because... Battlefield 2013. Yeah. Battlefield 2014. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he, I guess he feels like he can talk shit as much as he wants because some bunch of assholes out in the world, to the well, tune of like hundreds of millions of dollars, are still buying those shitty fucking games. But the other thing too is it's kind of like cool now to be a cod hater. And frankly, I mean, okay, there's problems with that I have with various games, and uh, you know I'll have differing opinions about certain genres of games. But frankly, if you like a game and you really enjoy it. I think you have the right <laughs> to enjoy your game. And I get a little annoyed, not just for COD, but for other games too, where there'll be this like hate patrol, this hate posse of people that are like, oh, <laughs> the game's coming out. Get Gotta into the truck. It. Gotta hate it. You know, and they'll just It's like they're carrying, the, they're carrying like wood planks with nails through the ends. Exactly. And it's like, you know, if you're so mad that a particular series is doing well, then clearly, A, you should not be buying it. Which a lot of these people will turn around and buy it later, so they're just being hypocrites. And B, you should, like, I don't know, actively promote stuff that you do like, or, or do, like, a positive spin. Don't just be negative. Like, if you don't like this game for whatever reason, then instead of just bashing it, offer a substitute and say, like, well, try this along with your, you know, whatever gaming experience. Like, I think people are always stuck in the negative about a lot of this, and it really is disappointing. Because it just devolves into, like, people getting mad at each other personally instead of focusing on game content. I yeah, hear, how about this? Asshole on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. But here, how about this? You know, we're a video game podcast. I hate Call of Duty. I hate Battlefront. How about everybody just plays a little bit of Journey and just shuts the fuck up for a little bit? That I mean, but see, that's valid. Like, as long as it's not... See, one problem I have with... Did I say Battlefront? Yeah, you did. That's meant Battlefield. I'm I think you were hoping for Battlefront. No, I meant Bat. No, Battlefield. Phew, sorry. Yeah. I was thinking last week. Anyway, go on. Yeah, when we talked about that. Um, no, what I what I dislike about a lot of the COD haters is that most of the time, they're kind of basing their anger off of what they assume. Like for example, just the trailer dropped. Okay, so there's still, if you think about it, not very much information at all. Same thing, to be fair, even with a Medal of Honor Warfighter or whatever weird title it has, all they showed was a trailer too. So I kind of reserve judgment because it's like, I have no idea what that new Medal of Honor game is really offering. I've just seen a very well-edited trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so I, at this point, am not going to say, dude, it's going to suck. I mean, maybe you could say the first one sucked because it actually came out and you saw it. So <laughs> that's valid. But like... For a lot of this stuff, just wait till at least multiplayer shit comes out or something to form an opinion. Considering most people just play the multiplayer, um, but I think, that, but it, I think that people know what to expect. I mean, but see, are, you, are you really are you really going to bash on me because I'm going to say it's going to be the same game? Because let's face it, it's going to be the same 
fucking well, game. Here's, here's something that can be actually applied to all games. Well, not all games. Most of these uh, sequential titles. Like, say, for example, Assassin's Creed, right? Similarly, to a certain degree, there is a certain amount you can expect because they can't realistically stray too far from some of their formula because then it is no longer an Assassin's Creed game, right? For example, has to be Assassins, a given. Has to have some hooded person. <laughs> For some reason, that's the style. You have to have that. However, there's a lot of things get, that can change within that. The scenario, the character's persona. Sometimes they'll do kind of like a plot twist like you expect from the other games. The plot will advance in this such way, then they'll turn it on its head and something will, totally different will happen. So there's a lot of ways that they can freshen up a lot of that formula but to be fair a lot of these games do need to stick at least partially to a formula because otherwise um what people liked about the original games may not be in that game anymore so they you know from a business standpoint they want to make sure it's connected enough that uh you know diehard fans will still stay diehard on it you know right i mean that makes sense i mean i understand but i mean at the same time it's just like i sit here and i think it's like they've been stifling creativity since what modern war call of duty 4 was at 2007 i mean it's been the same game over and over just in slightly different places with slightly different timelines well, for five years now this will be the oh, fifth game still, that has I basically the same gameplay it. elements i still love it and i still gorge on it like a fat kid with candy you know yeah, so. it's like a that's all it is just like i need it i need more i need more it's like i don't i don't understand these people are spending 60 dollars for an experience that is Pretty much exactly the same. It's the same problem I have with sporting with sporting games. Okay, yeah, I understand that rosters change from year to year, blah well, blah 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 blah. But, the, but I mean, there's no innovation in gameplay. Here's, here's the funny thing. There's, there's only slight graphical improvements. So for for sports games, I agree because literally there's like a lot you can't change. You can't all of a sudden unless you make like NBA Jam or something like that. Like a lot of rules and a lot of formats kind of have to say almost identical because people are used to that now. Like. It, When's the last time they made a game like, I don't know, NFL Blitz or something where it's like they took a lot of the rules and they're like, fuck your rules. They just made it more of like an aggressive game rather than really. Yeah, or NBA Jam. NBA, yeah, like NBA Jam, those kind of things. Or NBA Street, kind of. Although they kind of stuck to street rules. <laughs> yeah, those street rules. Whatever it was. Yeah. But like, to be fair, for the Call of Duty games and to a certain degree with the Battlefield ones, um, there were some of those numbers in the titles that, uh, some of those versions that were very identical, like obviously the modern warfare ones got pretty damn similar after a while, but it's like, that's why every couple of games you have like one of the developers that tries to do a slightly different take, like, okay, we'll have our stories in a totally different time period, or we'll have some weird mindfuck stuff like what they had, you know, in black ops about, uh, in the campaign. Now, the campaign, a lot of times in these multiplayer, single-player combination games, is sort of where they get to shine. Like, even with, with Assassin's Creed, like, remember the, if you if you played the multiplayer for that one, there wasn't that much change at all from the Brotherhood multiplayer to the Revelations multiplayer. It was pretty much the same. So, yeah, in that aspect they didn't really innovate as much as they could have but the story was totally different because they had some really mindfuck moments in both but the scenarios were different uh, different characters different time periods so in that respect i don't feel like it's same old same old because they they just managed to make it different enough to make me still care 
Now, they got kind of close with Revelations because <laughs> they they kind of didn't go far enough in some ways, but they still overall, I was like, okay, this game's all right. But, uh, it's all they, right. It's all right. No, well, I mean, I kind of didn't like the way they ended it, but that's my own personal preference, so I can't yeah. really, you know, knock them for that. But, um, yeah, they need to do just a tad of innovation. And, I mean, some games try it and some games don't. Without sounding more vague than that already does, <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, I understand from a business and from a, um, a, a se- sequel sense that they do need to keep, let's say, fifty percent of the game pretty damn similar in certain aspects, not like literally visual aspects or whatever, but maybe how the game functions and that kind of thing, just so it's similar enough to previous versions that people still feel connected. It's like uh, like even Final Fantasy games. Some of them are pretty damn different. However, they ha- usually have a lot of the same themes, like you know, nature versus technology, or like um, uh, you know, corruption versus purity, or like even the whole thing about how like often a lot of the summons are the same goddamn summons and that sort of thing. Like they need to f- have something similar amongst all of them, even though the stories may be totally different. Where the people that are playing them still feel connected to that series as a whole otherwise it stops becoming a series and it ends up being like oh why are these things named the same because they're not really the same at all um right i don't know that doesn't excuse a lot of it sometimes but it's the most rational explanation i can give for why things are the way they are you know Mm -hmm. uh otherwise i mean they could break off and just start another uh, ip but admittedly it's pretty goddamn hard to make a brand new ip sell like hotcakes because Nobody knows anything about the title. No one knows what it can do or offers or anything like that. So, but like I said, doesn't mean you can't guess. Right, but I mean, there's still a risk involved in that. If they were totally trying to break away and, you know, make something brand new, like Respawn Entertainment, you know, at the X yeah. uh, Infinity Word people. Yeah. I still haven't, aside from those blurry ass screenshots, I still haven't seen what they have to offer. But like you're saying. Because of their previous connections, a lot of people are assuming, well, it's probably going to be a first-person shooter, and from what little I could see in the screenshot, maybe that's a background for like some war scenario or some kind of stuff, you know? So until they prove people uh, prove otherwise, people are going to make their assumptions. I don't even are they even showing anything at E3? I haven't heard about them in a long time. <laughs> it's uh, I hadn't really thought about that until I said it. Speaking of stop, oh, yeah. At at E three, <laughs> huh? How's that for a segue? That's, well, Wait, what? So you broke it. <laughs> yeah, I broke it. It was my fault. Okay, so yes. Yeah, um, Valve. Nothing at E three, huh? Well, oh, there. <laughs> no. This is where you see the Fairweather fans, essentially. I'm not a Fairweather fan. No, you see them. See, look, I'm a hockey fan. If you pay attention to hockey, the Blues have been doing really shitty, okay? But it doesn't mean I hate the Blues. I don't hate the Blues. I don't hate Valve. I'm just disappointed. I'm like, come on, guys. Well, here's the thing. So they said specifically, we are not announcing Half-Life 3 or Portal 3 or Left 4 Dead 3. We're going to be showing stuff everyone already knows about Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, Dota 2, and the UI Steam Big Picture mode. So that's it. However, this is Valve. Valve has been famous for doing whatever the fuck they want. So I am totally expecting, just because they purposely... Okay, they purposely said, we are not announcing anything at E3, really. 
So just because they said that does not mean that they're not going to say anything for the rest of the year. I totally expect in like Valve fashion for these guys, like maybe a month after E3 or something, to be like, hey, uh, you know about that Half-Life 3 stuff? You know, like just to kind of tease it or maybe just keep the, the theories alive or something like that. Because, you know, Valve runs off of Valve time. So <laughs> they just kind of do whatever they want whenever they want. But I think people are taking it really literally. Like, um, they're thinking because they're not saying anything at E3, that just means they're not going to say anything for the year, which for some reason feels wrong to me. It doesn't feel accurate. And then other people are like, well, this just shows that they've given up on the Half-Life franchise. It's like, how the fuck did it give you that impression? I mean, if we're going by... Are they retarded? I mean, Gabe has basically admitted implicitly that they're working on it. It's just a matter of having some release. That's why I don't think I'm open uh, as much open arms as some people are. It's like I realize that if they didn't make a new game, they'd be fucking stupid. And I think they know that they would be fucking stupid if they didn't make Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 or whatever you want to call it. The other thing, too, is I'm seriously wondering if, like Team Fortress 2, they might have made already by now several iterations. But, you know, maybe they've hit the point where they've made a small, excuse me, or large technological graphical increase. Or, or, yeah. or, like, maybe they, they're working on, like, the Source 2 engine or something. Or maybe they have, like, different versions, like you said, different iterations. Because we talked last time about how Valve has that really unique, you know, uh, uh, hierarchy or lack of hierarchy, I guess yeah. I should say. Like, you know, they may all... have, like, three different teams working on some different ideas or something like that, you know? Exactly. They, they, they could have different teams collaborating on different parts of the game. Maybe some of them are working, uh, like, it, the idea is working and some is not. So... Uh, considering that it took TF2 seven to nine years, somewhere within there, to finally mm-hmm. come out, I would totally expect Half-Life 3 to take... I mean, since... When did Half-Life 2, Episode 2, come out? Uh, 2007. Seven? Yes. Okay. So we... <laughs> if we're going by those years, we still got a couple years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if, if we're trying to be fair, right? Um, but I'm not that bothered by that. Like, there was a really nice quality jump positive quality jump from the first Half-Life to the second one. Granted, it wasn't as long of a, a wait, but actually, yeah, it was a pretty long wait, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was <laughs> a it, very long wait. But it wasn't as long as TF2, for example. But still, like, it, it indicates to me, like, these guys are always coming up with new ideas, like how that they hired that one guy to do the augment, uh, augmented reality glasses and stuff just for the fuck of it. Like, hey... This guy's looking into cool technology. We'll just add him to our, our team just so he can keep doing that, but add Valve, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so I would not be surprised if, you know, they're trying to see if they can integrate a lot of this new awesome tech or graphics into their upcoming game. I do think it's shitty that, you know, they decided it at that point instead of trying to do an episode three and then just a Half-Life three. But maybe it's something they just didn't realize when they were making it, you know? Like, maybe they actually, the floating around somewhere is Half-Life 2 Episode 3. But, like, the version that now they said, nah, yeah, we drawing board, start over again. <laughs> like, wouldn't that drive you nuts? Yeah. If you knew at Valve, like, if you were a Valve employee, you could have already played, like, the three different versions of Half-Life 3 there was. And been like, okay, I'm satisfied. <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently, um... I don't know if what Chase was telling me this, that uh, there was a video where in the background somebody was watching Meet the Pyro, <laughs> basically. Like what, looked like what looked like Meet the Pyro in one of the more yeah. recent Valve videos. Who was telling me that? 
No. Um, and, and so th- they're little trolls because there's no uh. way that they wouldn't have purposely had some of that somewhat visible in there, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it just has to be. <laughs> and Meet the Medic took fucking forever, but it was great. Well, that was like two yeah. or a year or two, wasn't it? But what, what was the last one? Spy? Yeah. yeah. It was it was spy and then Medic. Well, the other thing, too, is just like what we just discussed, the Meet the Medic video went through different versions. And I yeah. saw, I think they posted some... Uh, like unfinished versions of the previous attempt at some of the jokes and stuff, and they weren't as good. So I'm yeah. glad that they spent extra time and made a final version that was amazing. So yeah. it, it's a quality over quantity of time, basically. Like we're okay with not doing the two two years per game thing that everybody else is uh, coerced into doing. Yeah. As long as it means we're super happy with the product afterwards. And I think it pays off in the end because... TF2 came out, what, 2007? Eight? Um, TF2? Yeah. It came out with half, with episode two, so it'd be 2007 as well. Yeah, so it came out then, and it's still going strong because it's such a powerful, it, it's such a, a quality game, despite, <laughs> despite how you feel. Okay, despite how you feel about the <laughs> aspect, you have to admit, it's got real staying power. It's got staying power, but does not matter when it sucks? Well, okay. There is, and I think we've talked about this before. We've talked about this a lot before, and we don't need to delve into it no, again, no, I don't. think. But. but I'm just saying, at the core, it has a lot of really quality elements, just like Portal has. And I love the fact that they're going to release, like, these angry uh, fans forget that they're just about to release that free uh, Portal level editor, which has a really awesome interface, by the way. Yeah. Um, that's totally free. Yeah. Because they want Portal to have as much staying power, if possible, as TF2. And I love how they make their stuff so easily moddable. Like, yeah. Gary's mod... Well, they, sports- well, I, think they, I think they realize that uh, that all the success from, like, Half-Life came from the modding community. Because let's look at it. Yeah. Counter-Strike was a mod. Uh, TF- CFC was a mod. Um, yeah. I, mean, how many, I mean, how many games... that Portal was a team that was modding, I think... Some one of their older engines, weren't they? Oh, speaking of speaking of mods, yeah. uh, just recently I was shown um, there were some new screenshots. You know, I thought that group that was trying to do the Black Mesa project, you know, that basically... Black Mesa Source? Yeah, Black Mesa Source, the high-quality yeah. version of Half-Life 1, fan-made. Yeah. fan-made. Um, yeah. They released some newer screenshots really recently. So they're not dead, which I'm surprised about, because I thought they totally fucking gave up. But those guys are still... I guess toiling away, making a really nice looking version of Half Life One. Man, I hope they don't go the way that a uh, Sonic Two HD did. Yeah, Man, that'd be you so know what? Through years and years, those guys have been working since at least Episode Two, so they've been working for like five or six years that's on always, that project. That's always a problem with these with these collaborative groups. Like that's yeah. the same thing that happened with that group that was trying to restore the cut content for Knights of the Old Republic Two. They mm. had a bunch of infighting. From what I understand, and eventually that that mod was never completely finished. They stopped at like eighty eight percent finished, essentially. Like maybe yeah. it was workable, but not tested. Yeah. And a lot of these these groups, there's one person that's either a higher up or like the main programmer or something that gets either a big ego or gets really pissy at some point. And then once they're gone or they take their shit with them, then the project can't be completed anymore. And it's like wow, you guys mm. got everyone excited all for nothing. Yeah. I hope that doesn't. 
hate when that happens. Yeah. It's so sad. But anyway, so so that's yeah. not totally dead. But yeah, I, I love how Valve tries to make all their stuff very moddable. I've been going nuts because I've been trying to, um, for my own little selfish reasons, I've been trying to figure out how to mod different aspects of the Mass Effect games. And I'm not sure why, but they make it almost impossible compared to Dragon Age, which actually, I think Bioware actually released like a modding tool for Dragon Dragon Age, which was unusual. Mm-hmm. But for Mass Effect, like, for example, I wanted to swap out some NPCs. Can't do it. It won't, it won't like it. I want to swap out maybe a different squad mate head onto Sh- uh, Commander Shepard. It kind of works, but then for some reason his head is green and I can't fix it. Like you have to edit the what's it's called the coalesced uh, any file, and basically that contains all the content for like what elements to load in the game. Like it's very complicated, and mm-hmm. I was trying to just insert very specific pieces of data, but it's kind of like a clusterfuck. Like I I don't know like if what I'm adding is really doing anything or if I'm just adding fucking extra data lines for nothing, and I hate that. Like. They could make it so easy for people to love the game even more by by being able to change things about the game, like cosmetic or adding scenes or something. But they just kind of refuse to do that. And I'm not sure if it's because they're under EA now and they want to restrict it or yeah. if they just feel really weird about it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. people will find a way. Like, there's always somebody that figures out how to rip these models and put them into Gmod. <laughs> Because I'll see, like, hey, somebody's made a new video with Commander Shepard and G-Man and, like, what's-his-face Isaac from fucking uh, Dead Space or something, and they're all hanging out on a couch. Like, so somebody always finds a way of getting these these materials, but it's like I'm not technically talented enough to, to figure out how to <laughs> grab that shit. Um, but, yeah. People should make their shit moddable. It can only help you. I don't know. Yeah. They don't. Maybe they're afraid people will find like the source information, but it's like, come who on. Who cares? It's, who cares? Oh, money. It's money. I, I, I know what it is. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing my fingers together. Money, money, money. That's what it always is. Exactly. Yep. <sighs> but anyway. What so. are we moving on to? We talked about Valve. Oh, speaking of which, you know, everybody's shitting their pants about uh, Gabe Newell apparently watches My Little Pony with his bronies. kids. Who cares? He's a brony. It's, I hate that. It's like, you know, it, 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 let, me, let, me clear the, let me clear the air on this. I've never watched this show, but I also don't harbor any ill will toward it. But this thing where, like, either you get to love it or hate it, what the fuck is this all about? Like, where, where did this come from? Yeah. Like, I don't understand this, you either hate it or love it. I don't understand this mentality. About anything, like, like I told so you, it's a brony. It's like the it's like the the cod haters. It's like well, it, it's like if you, it's like he sits and watches it with his kids, and now all of a sudden he's like one of those one of those kids that like dresses up and goes to school, like having a fucking like mark on their ass or whatever the fuck goes on. But in he has show. kids. Yeah, I think he has kids. That's crazy. I never. He has, I, never he has, he has, I think he has a daughter. I know. I'm pretty sure he has a daughter or two. Or two. I'm pretty sure. I remember hearing about it. I don't remember where. Huh. While while he shows uh, his kids his knife collection, he has a knife collection. He has an extensive knife collection. <laughs> he's a big yeah. knife collector. There's a couple pictures where he's just got them like laid out, and they're big ass knives too. I thought he had man. I don't know. Now you're now you're making me question myself, but I'm pretty sure he has a daughter, at least one, maybe. If you Google, Gabe uh, yeah. Newell daughter. Yeah, they, they, I'm sure they won't set off alarms at the FBI or anything. Well. Well, <laughs> would that... well, you don't have to add in like address or current location. <laughs> well, or there's something. somebody saying in a comic, "Today I met Gabe Newell's daughter." 
So, okay, I guess he does have okay. at least one. Yeah, see? I'm not lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> what were we, we going to talk, we talk about? Video game cliches, weren't we? What? Video game cliches. Oh, we had four. That list of four. Okay, so there is this interesting link that uh, Colin provided. There's this uh, site called Hot Hardware. <laughs> and uh, they have... <laughs> Hardware is hot. <laughs> Ooh, it means something on so many levels. Um, called Four Gaming Cliches That Absolutely Need to Die. So uh, there's some of these that are valid. Some of them are valid. Some yeah. of them, it's like, there's already games that don't really do it anymore. Okay, so... Let's let's have a little discussion, shall we, about some of these things? Okay. So the first one, and it, it does happen in quite a lot of games, is the the whole "if only you'd been a little faster." Yeah. So it's the whole mentality, like, especially they, they give Half Life as an example because it happens all the time in Half Life, where you know you're running through these doors, something's blocking you, and you see a scientist that's like, "Help over here," you know, and then you yeah. go over there, and then they're already fucking dead before you can get to them. <laughs> And like no, you know. No, the head crab got him. No, he's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah head, I am head crab zombie. <laughs> Damn it! I was about to say that, but um, yeah, and I, I don't. I think maybe to a certain point, this could be a problematic cliche. Like if it's happening at every fucking corner, but actually, from a story point, sometimes this is just what the player needs to kind of spur them ahead to keep going. It's like if there's a character you care about. Or if there's some NPC at some level that you give half a shit about and they're either kidnapped or, or killed or something by a person, that's going to make you, at least on some level, hate that fucking person and want to get that dude. You know, like, uh, even in, to a certain extent in Mass Effect 3, you got that fucking Kai Lang guy. He's a fucking douchebag. He's, like, he's, no, he's just fuck. like the most trite and boring evil guy I've ever seen. He is. However, when he does something to a particular character, I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking destroy you <laughs> at Man, that they're point. they're playing you. They are playing you. No, no, no. The rest of him is stupid. I'll tell you that much. But, but they, at a certain point, they do it just enough. I, I will say personality-wise, he has nothing there. There's, there's literally nothing there. Like, oh. That's why it's so boring. I have a katana, even though we're in a world of Yeah, it's like, what, what, what is it, like, year 2200-something or whatever? Uh, they still carry around a katana? I think it's, like, 21-something. All right, so uh, not that far, but whatever. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, the point is, it's, 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 uh, it's anachronistic, yeah? Yeah, but, I mean, just from his actions, not his person, because his person's, you know, paper thin, but, like, his actions in this particular example... Like, oh, I was too late kind of thing. Do make you feel like, dude, I just want to bitch slap this motherfucker <laughs> as soon as I can. So that that on that level works. Now, they can't really follow it up really satisfyingly. So unfortunately, that sucks. But in that particular case, I think that cliche works. Now, I don't think that's quite so much of a problem in general. So that's sort of where I... I'm like, eh, okay. I think the, the following cliche is a lot more annoying... Which is the they call it the suddenly unbreakable glass. So yeah, you see somebody either being tortured or killed or some scene at all important is happening behind this glass that magically you just can't fucking break. Yeah. So I think uh, every game does that. I think I can't think of a game that doesn't do that. Um. Mm. Mm. Bioshock did. That's the one I'm thinking of right now when they introduced yeah. the big daddy. That too. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I remember thinking that because, like, okay, so well, I think there, in that part, 
In well, the, no, no, no. That, that, that's not glass. It's like you can't. But it's the same idea. It was. Like, it was glass. You can't pass that like that little fence or whatever that thing is. Like, no, but a, it was glass. Remember, because because that guy's in there and the little sister comes in. He like starts beating the shit out of her. The big daddy shows him like drills him in the face and shit like that. But it was sweet. glass. It was glad no, because he picks up his body and like slams his head in the oh, glass cool. and he breaks it open. Okay. And it was always frustrating because it's like it's obviously a hole big enough that I can get through there and fight this motherfucker, but it won't let me. Well, the other thing too is that, and they did this uh, at the beginning of Mass Effect Two. Like, did you played the second one, yeah? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know when you wake up and you're in that thing that's being attacked by the the place that's being attacked by all those robots yeah. on Cerberus, and then as you're going through this one hallway, you see this big mech or something just like destroy this dude and you're seeing it from the other side of the glass yeah. and it's not like i particularly maybe wanted to necessarily help the person but you literally can't go to that area afterwards it's like dude i want to shoot that mech but you can't yeah so it's not always to save somebody it's just kind of annoying to me that sometimes i'll see a bunch of really interesting stuff in that room or area and mm-hmm. i can't go in there because it's inaccessible essentially i think uh i think even fallout did that a couple times yeah, really? That's I thought, I thought like in New that. Vegas they did it once or twice. Not sure. But maybe you could, you might be able to go into that area eventually later or something. But it's like when you really wanted to, you can't initially. Like yeah. there's there's this one area. Is it one that have those that has those like giant the the mutants? There's some area that has like you could clearly see like messed up glass and you could see something through it. But, like, for the longest fucking time, I couldn't get in there. And then later on, as I'm leaving the place, it's like, oh, now I can get in. What the fuck? <laughs> couldn't get in there before. Um, but a lot of these really cliche levels are the ones that you just never can get into, which are kind of feel a little cheap, you know? Yeah. So that, I believe, is a big problem. Uh, the third thing they mentioned, which I don't actually think is as much of a problem anymore, but it, it still appears in some games, is the whole press the win button thing. Like, you're not really allowed a fail. Like, there's a distinct point where either you press this or do this successfully, or you fucking die, and it's actually, like, a game over screen, or, like, it forces you to go back and do it again so you do it correctly. You know? Yeah. So, um... Play put push to win it just makes me think of the end of Mass Effect 3. Push to win. I think, is that, I mean, is that what they meant? Wait, what? That, I, I was thinking, like, every game lately, because I think it's Deus Ex. When you ending. get to the end, you pick an ending, right? Right, but that, that ending is more like anything you press, you lose. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they do the same thing in Mass Effect. You have three different endings. You basically just push a button to win, hey, right? Hey, Adam, did you play Mass Effect? No, not three, no. Okay. Well, I don't want to spoil it completely, yeah. then. Although I probably should. Well, I'm not giving away the story, but I'm telling you that the way they end it is shitty. I think that many, I think yeah, most I mean, people who play the game and it was shitty. Yeah, right. But but this one, I think their cliche is actually referring to something where you have no chance, like to choose any, like any except one choice essentially. And they offer uh, Human Revolution as an example where you actually do get some chances, whereas like if you take too long to wait before starting your mission, for example, a bunch of people can get killed, right. yeah. or like if if you hesitate too long with a hostage guy, then he'll shoot the hostage or something like. Yeah. But like the game will still continue. It's just yeah. you have to live. Oh, I see. I'm, I misread it. I see. I see. Yeah. And it makes sense that way. Like there are. Yeah. That's why I'm saying there are games now that do offer you like the alternative, and that that's yeah. actually what Mass Effect used to be really good at. Like you'd have all those kind of renegade paragon choices where. Yeah, I can let this dude die, and I'll feel kind of shitty about it. But actually, it will progress the game down a different path than yeah. if I save the person. 
So that, that adds a level of replayability, and that makes it not feel stale, which is the important thing. I think my favorite series that had that sort of, uh, you know, that different, like, branching paths and stuff like that was Colony Wars. You ever heard of this game, Colony Wars? I, I heard of it, but I never played it. It was a space flight sim. It was so cool. And, you you know, it'd have, like, a big, long story. Oh, wait a and minute. You know what? I think I did. It's it, The view is from, like, right behind the, the ship. Yeah, you're right behind. You can have a first-person view, too, but there's a view right behind the ship. And you just, yeah, it's just a flight sim in space, yeah. and you're fighting other dudes. And it had a really, you know, no, I don't think it's kind of a forgotten game. And people always thought it was a little like weird for the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's still one of my favorite series because I had, I mean, it was a fun game to begin with, which is, you know, like the basis. <laughs> but uh, it also had a pretty decent story that had a lot of branches. Like when you get to the end of the game and you can look at like the map of the story, there are like huge paths and like they loop back on each other and stuff like that. Yeah. And there are like, you know, seven or eight different endings. And this was a game from like 1998 or 1999, you know? And now you can't even get that anymore. It's so frustrating. It's nice to see a game like, you know, well, Deus Ex wasn't as good. It doesn't branch. It doesn't It doesn't. branch as much at the end. Or, I mean, Colony Wars would branch at the at, in the middle. Like, if you fucked up, like, in the first two missions, it's a game over, right? But, in, like, with Deus Ex, like, you branch. It branches off maybe a little bit, but it always comes back to, like, that main story. Right, yep. uh, and and yeah. that's that's a difficult. I mean, realistically, for a game that's so heavily story based, it's a very tricky thing to do to offer a lot of different paths, but then mm-hmm. still, you know, be able to finish it by your deadline, kind of thing. So I can understand, you know, sometimes some games can only stray a little bit, and then they have to come back. But the important thing is that they have some of those options. Like if you have no options, and really every time you do things it's like a quick time event where like either you totally go yeah i totally made that or no this guy gets chopped my head off and i have to do it all over again Hmm. you know that that's when that gets a little disappointing like uh i think though now people are a little bit more um uh compared to previous game systems people are a little more expectant of like like they need something that will kind of stimulate them a bit in terms of like hey is what i'm doing really does it really matter to the game or would my walkthrough of the game be exactly the same as mm-hmm. somebody else i think that's why follows so and skyrim is so damn popular because i i when it first came out skyrim i had many a conversation with my coworkers about like hey did you get to such and such place yet yeah how did you handle it well didn't you get the thing from this other place what yeah. what <laughs> Like, it's a, a hugely different experience depending on, I mean, for going from person to person. Whereas, eh, especially with Mass Effect 3, since it's the most recent game I played, uh, at a certain point, everybody will say, oh, I did the exact same thing. <laughs> you know, even though <laughs> it seemed at first like I should have had so many different options, they all start yeah. funneling back into the, the ending that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. that's in caps, the ending we shall not speak of yeah that's why i'm hoping i'm I'm not expecting but i'm hoping uh that the dlc will try to be a little fairer about that like realistically they're going to be assholes and they're probably not going to sp- expand on the ending the way that people were hoping they will be it'll just be like here's a little cutscene that extends what we just did that was shitty <laughs> with an extra I still, like- I still think it's going to be like and poochie poochie died on his way home back to his home planet you know <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I it's still a, think that they should do that. It's a Poochie D DLC. <laughs> that would make me so goddamn mad. <laughs> I would, I would never stop laughing. I think that I'd buy every Bioware stop. game. Just what? No, 
I would buy every Bioware game if they did that to all the Mass Effect fans. Oh, fuck, fuck that. That that would be the last Bioware game I would ever buy. And that is not a that'd joke. That'd be the first. Be... Oh, <laughs> and hearing and hearing how mad you get just by suggestion is just. <laughs> hey, there's things you get mad about that I would laugh forever about. So. Like what? Like what? Anything COD related? God. What? <laughs> if I just mention it, your your blood will probably start. Boiling. Blood does not boil. I just sit there and I just shake my head. It's like this is what video games have come to, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. You know? When, oh no, no, we... no! Actually, I, I, I'm mistaken. It's not COD. Huh? It's TF2. No, TF2. It's super. TF2. There's certain things about TF2, but hey, hey wait! I was segueing. Look, you ruined my segue. Mm. All right. Huh. You know, have you seen that picture of George W. Bush right on the Segway and he falls off it? No, that's what just no. happened. Okay, that's what just happened. See, I'm gonna put that on the Facebook right now. But anyway, when I was, you know, when I, when I we we read our notes before we have our little podcast, and I was sitting here and I was thinking, Wait, you know, we didn't finish the cliche list. We didn't finish the cliche. No. We don't need to finish the cliche list. The other two aren't as good. Okay, the other one I was gonna <laughs> mention because I'm trying to be complete about this is the whole Ugh. we're gonna split into teams thing. AKA like uh, the main character or the player character is always the most important character. Yeah. And it's something from a story point of view. I mean, it makes sense that you always have the main, like the player character being the, the chosen one essentially. Cause it's like, if your character wasn't that special, would you really necessarily feel a need to play the game? Cause it's like, dude, if other people around me are better powered than I am or stronger or more interesting uh, personality wise, like, I'm not going to feel as interested in, in continuing the game, honestly. Really? Yeah. It would be nice to have a game that's where you're just kind of a grunt. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be boring. Well, I, I think that it's just it's just it's one of those it's a it's a it's a trope. That is a trope. Being that you are the chosen one, and yeah. if you fail, then the world dies. No, I think that having a game where you know you're just some grunt in some army unit, or you're just like like if it's Skyrim, let's say you're just some normal dude, you know. I mean, people play Star Wars Galaxies that way, right? Not everybody was a bunch of Jedi flipping yeah. around and having lightsabers and shit. <laughs> Some people sat on sat on Coruscant or in or in Tatooine or something, right? In their in their in their wretched hive of scum and villainy or whatever the line is, you know. And they sold spaceship parts. Yeah, right? and and I that's mean, why and that, not everybody and not everybody is the chosen one, you know. And that's why that game still exists today, right? No, but it lasted. <laughs> certainly lasted a long time. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess it lasted longer yeah, than see, most, but it even not... Wow is dying. Wow is dying. Yeah, but they're still making a shitload of money. So <laughs> it's 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 dying in the most technical sense, and it's very slowly going down. But it still has like millions of subscribers. Swotor, like, old Republic, is dying way faster than uh, than Wow is dying, which is a shame because there's a That's lot of. Funny. There's a lot of elements about Old Republic that are pretty cool, but then there's a bunch of well, shit. They should have done it in a game that wasn't an MMO. Well, that's a problem. They should have just they should have split into two things. They should have made an Old Republic MMO. That's fine, but yeah. they should have given people fucking Knights of the Old Republic three, which is what everyone actually wanted. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of bad blood that happened when uh, Old Republic was announced, and people were like, "What is this shit?" I know I did that because I'm like, wait. <laughs> You were supposed to tell me where the fuck Revan went. You were supposed to tell me where did the exile go. You were supposed to fucking tell me what the hell happened on Malachor Five. Like the end of Kotor Two was not an ending; it just kind of like abruptly stopped. <laughs> and I know that they would never go back and actually finish it, but they could have used the third game to say like, well, previously on the last bit of Kotor Two, and fucking fix that hole. And they didn't. 
<laughs> and now they never can because they've skipped ahead a fucking like century or something into the the MMO, which is retarded. <laughs> but anyway, so that that's that's their big fucking mistake. But even in that kind of thing, you're technically not the most amazing chosen one, but in your own story you are, which is a little yeah. weird. Yeah. So it's like you'll see all these fucking Sith jumping around, but you just know like they all have the same goddamn stories, so they're all thinking they're special snowflakes and they're not. I don't know. I think I think that having a game where like you're just some dude who gets like if you died and like that'd be it like nothing changes it's like it, it's it relates like this I know it's I know this is a stupid argument but like I think about this once in a while it's like I think about all the World War Two shooters that I've seen right hardly any like I think maybe I can think of one or two off the top of my head have you playing in the story as a German right as a Nazi soldier mm. right and I you know I've had to just interesting discussion with this like besides all the political connotations and all that stuff it's like i thought it'd be interesting to see like you know at first it'd be like the reverse like at the beginning of, of like some world war ii games it's like wow the americans have a shitty army we need to get our shit together and then like you know they're triumphant at the end it'd be the reverse for something like this like they're triumphant but then all of a sudden they start getting their shit ruined and you're the soldier and like see shit ruining getting ruined from the inside you know mm-hmm. i thought that'd be interesting like people like well people just getting up in ours because well it's the nazis and People get up in arms about the Nazis for obvious reasons, but, you know, it's that sort of thing. It's like, you know, I, I don't think that being a grunt is a bad thing, you know? It takes all sorts of folks to make the shit run. I mean, I think it'd just be interesting to see a game where, you're not, where you're, not some, you're not some, you know, trope. You're not some boring plot device, you know? Yeah, there's actually, you know what, there's an interesting, you're mentioning World War II games. There's one... I'm really trying to remember what it is where, you know, you're just the same, you know, grunt like everybody else. But the story mm-hmm. was actually really interesting. It was, uh, it's a Brotherhood of Arms. Wait. Uh, I think it was called Hell's Highway. Wait, hold on. Gonna... We'll find it for you. Don't worry. Let's move on. Well, but what was interesting about that? Oh, Brother in Arms, Hell's Highway. I was looking at a lot of the cutscenes for this, and they made it really interesting because, sort of like Band of Brothers, your main character has this kind of. Um, he gets these hallucinations, and he gets basically this trauma uh, from you know losing people that are important to him, and you know he he trudges ahead and he does what needs to be done, but you, you know it affects him like a real person. Yeah. And I actually found that really kind of compelling from the cutscenes because unlike a typical, you know, World War II shooter, at least at the time, where you're just like running and gunning and nothing seems yeah. to affect you at all, and you're just kinda of like, Yeah, USA or whatever, yeah. fuck <laughs> you Nazis. Like, it seemed like there was a lot more of an impact on the person themselves. Yeah. And they they felt real and they felt, you know, vulnerable. And I really like that. Like there's um there's a scene in particular near the end where uh, one of his squad mates gets pretty much fucked up. Like, he gets paralyzed. Yeah. So he's never going to walk again. And uh, there's a very emotional scene where your character, like, practically cries at his bedside saying, like, dude, you're my you're my best friend. I, I want you to, you know, get through this. And it's a very emotional piece. And I thought, I, I literally, I remember thinking to myself when I saw it, I'm like, I don't think I've seen this in a first-person shooter before. No. 
Like people are often way too afraid to show vulnerabilities in a character. Like there it's is not being manly. Well, that's the thing. Man. They feel like there's a risk involved in that because maybe yeah. it shows weakness to a certain degree to people or something. But I think if anything, it shows compassion and it shows a sense of realism. And I wish more games did that kind of thing. That, but that's the kind of grunt I would accept. Like somebody yeah. that has a complexity that's to what them. I mean. that, that's exactly what I mean, though. It's something like that. It's not. You know, God. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm thinking of back to Halo now, like to move away completely from World yeah, War II. Yeah, but see, that is move, the chosen but, one but guy. No, no, hang on, but hang on. Let me let me finish. When I when I play Halo, okay, so I played Halo the first one. Yeah, okay, good game. I got to the second one, and like that's when like Master Chief starts falling into all these tropes. You know, he's the chosen one. He's the only one who can save us. If it wasn't for him, Earth would be dead. Yeah. And I think that the strongest character in that game in that game series was the Arbiter. I don't know if you know Halo that well. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know who the Arbiter is, though. Yeah, the Arbiter was, like, kind of like this... The, the 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 elite, the alien guy, who kind of fell from grace with his leaders, right? Right. And he was actually shown to be, like, you know, this kind of conflicted guy. He's like, you know, these are the guys, you know, I'm fighting... You know, I'm, these guys kicked me out of my position. He was, like, some high admiral or some shit. I don't mm-hmm. know the story that well. But he gets kicked out of his position because he's severely fucked up. And, like, he's, like, you know... These guys, the leaders are basically sending him to his death, and now he's like, well, well, what am I supposed to do now? You know, that's the sort of shit I'm talking about, you know? Seeing somebody get knocked down a peg only to, like, learn something about themselves, that's interesting. Yeah. Seeing some guy in, a, in an armored suit run around just because he's some mega badass who has, like, biotechnology in his body and shit like that, and that's fucking boring. Wait. Stop giving me that shit. See, so you, seeing, you didn't like Human Revolution, then? <laughs> see, that was a little bit... Hang on, that's that's what the story's about, though. You know, that's, Halo isn't about you know technology. You know, it's not it's not about you know. Well, they there's a question, big Halo. They aren't they aren't questioning Master Chief's humanity because he has all those implants. That's what that's the that's the crux of Deus Ex, though, right? Right. And I mean, well, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. What's what exactly is the crux you're saying? The crux of Deus Ex is like questioning whether this guy, you know, whether these whether the the people with implants are human or not, right? I mean yeah. that's something that's something in a lot of sci-fi, but it's you know because he says it, it, I never asked for this. Yeah, you know I never asked for this, but it, but I mean, you, but that's not what Halo does. Halo is just basically these bio, you know, this biotechnology is an excuse for you to be a badass that can't be killed, right? right. It's I mean it's a completely different take on it. That's so what you I'm saying. like Halo, but you don't like Halo. Is that what you're saying? I, I like I like Halo in so far. I like the first game a lot. Mm-hmm. The, the first game is one of my favorite games of all time. I have no problem admitting that because the first game's awesome. In the second one, that's when the shit, you know, like the story started to go, uh, you know, started to fall away and all those tropes. The Arbiter was the only redeeming factor of uh, of uh, of Halo 2. In the third game, when he was just like basically <laughs> a side character who was sitting there yeah. spouting off, you know, one-liners. It was good hearing Keith David give one-liners, but I mean... <laughs> Besides that, it was like, come on, man! I want to play. I want to see his story. If they made a whole Halo game about the Arbiter, I would buy that. And like, I'd be lined up at midnight without with all the other thirteen-year-old douchebags like missing the point of this game. But you see, know? what you're describing, like, that's, that's something I actually really liked, at least initially, about the Mass Effect series. Because if you think about it, Commander Shepard's not really all that different from a lot of other people. It's just he or she has the the fortitude, you know, the drive to kind of push him or herself past that point where people would normally be like, eh, this is out of my jurisdiction, or I don't have the time for this or anything. But if you think about it, she's just a person. Uh, sometimes you have biotic powers, but you're in a universe where everybody can have biotic powers practically. So yeah. there's a lot of things where the only thing that made her unique is that, 
okay, you touch a Prothean beacon, woo, now you kind of can see things once in a while. But that didn't actually give her, like, an advantage necessarily. It was you just call like, her her. That's in, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I know. No, I, 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 I can't. I can't help it because it's like that's, I've I've played. That's, as, that's so refreshing. <laughs> well, I played as a female yeah. shepherd. Yeah. Well, so do time. I. I do too. But I mean, even I still call it. I'll call shepherd him, even when I'm talking about something that I did. Because they always show the default for everything, which yeah. you know, he's not a bad looking dude. But like, it's not the, <laughs> the shepherd that I played. So, and I, frankly, I think I understand why. I think I mentioned this last time. I understand why Mark Mir does the voice delivery that he does for the male shepherd. But honestly, yeah. I think, um, what's her face? It does a female shepherd just does a much better delivery overall. Sometimes maybe it's a little too emotional. And sometimes maybe he is as bland as he is because it lets the player imprint themselves more upon the, the character that way. Weak it's a weak excuse, but I I, I'm guessing that's probably a big reason of why. But she does not. So sometimes maybe she might re react verbally a little bit more emotionally than I would have expected. So there yeah. were moments where I'm like, I don't know if I'd be that mad. Like the 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 sentence I picked, I thought would be kind of more even toned, and it wasn't. So that's why I can kind of see why. But that's why I didn't pick Default Shepherd because he was just at the end of the day too bland for me. Like I I couldn't deal with that. <laughs> Plus, also, I wanted to romance certain characters, which I couldn't <laughs> do with the default shepherd at the time. So, no, but that's, I, th I think there is, like the cliche is indicating, there there is a refreshing quality to having a character that maybe is a little bit ahead of the curve, but is still pulled back enough to feel kind of real. Like, it's no fun, you know, Batman, Superman, both mm -hmm. popular characters. But clearly, Batman has always been more popular than Superman, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's because it's like, dude, he's just a regular guy that has the plot armor so that he's, like, smart enough to always think his way out of things. Where Superman is just, like, smash, 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 laser vision, smash. You know, like, mm -hmm. he's kind of, like, that's how he functions. So I think a lot of people always, like, as kids and stuff, they'll be like, yeah, Batman, because they feel like it's more accessible, I guess. Yeah. Even though he's a I fucking millionaire? Yeah. Billionaire. Trillionaire? <laughs> Trillionaire. Quadrillionaire. Quadrillionaire. Let's keep going. Zettelionaire? Yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, we were talking about cliches. Oh, yeah. Cliches. Uh, cliches are bad. The, the honorable mention, the last bit of the cliche list, and this is honestly true, is specifically to uh, Skyrim in particular. But it happens in some other things, too, even Mass Effect, where you have NPCs that are fucking oblivious. We're like, no matter how, like, dude, in Skyrim, I've killed a ton of dragons. I have a whole fucking chest full of dragon bones. I am I'm, the dragonborn. I am the dragonborn. I can shout you to death. I can make you <laughs> explode. And yet you will try to hold up a sword to me or a fucking tiny ass dagger and be like, stop, criminal scum. Like, fuck you, dude. There's no way. And you would think, awesome yeah, you think people would be smart enough to learn that at a certain point. Now, there are some games that break this, but very few. Like, for example, when I played Infamous 2, if you do some really evil deeds at a certain point, like, say you're a total dick and you start smashing up civilians and everyone's starting to run away from you and stuff, they will learn very fast. Police will start to try to fire at you, but also try to run away, and most civilians will just get the fuck out of your way as soon as you get near them. Like, <laughs> it, they, they kind of learn and adjust depending on your actions, and I wish more games did that. Like, Mass Effect kind of does it, but people are still, in general, for the gameplay area, is really stupid. Like, you have the Blue Suns or whatever the fucking space gangs are, 
that even after they've seen all the stuff you've done, you fucking destroyed Reapers, and they will still think, dude, we could totally take this chick. Let's go. <laughs> Put up your barrier shield. This is cool. And then I fucking explode their brains, and there's nothing they can do about it. So that, I think, is, is definitely worth mentioning, because that's, that's just the game thing, you know? You would think, yeah. like Mario, for example. Dude, if you're, if you're one of the little Goombas in, like, level 7, and all the ones before that have just been obliterated, squashed, stomped, kicked around. Like, wouldn't you be like, oh, I don't know <laughs> if I, I really go, want. I think I'm going to go home now. Fuck you, Bowser. Or at least have one of them that's like, oh, like starts to run away or something as you approach them. <laughs> yeah, but this is Nintendo's storytelling. I know, so. but like, I'm, I'm just saying for, for nowadays, since yeah. we're a little bit more sophisticated, we uh, are more sophisticated. I would hope, right? Um, yeah. It would be nice to reflect that because that would help the immersion level, I think. If you have uh, NPCs that adjust depending on what your actions have been. If you've been an upstanding, noble person, why would they have anything to fear, right? But if you've been a fucking badass, taking names and all that shit, then they should <laughs> recognize that and say, yeah. oh my lord, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> or at least hide. Some of them would just strafe up in the open. Walk. I think the I think that the best was when you're fighting somebody in Skyrim and you hit them in town to very low health and they get down on their knees. They're like, I yield, I yield. But then they get up and start fighting you yeah, again. They don't yeah. worry. They're like, wait, wait, okay, I fooled you. Oh, wait, I'm dead. <laughs> what the fuck? I, it, it's, it's really bad in Skyrim just because you yeah. get... If you, if you start maxing out your blacksmithing and all that stuff, you get ridiculously powerful. <laughs> yeah. Especially with archery. Jesus, archery is broken in that game. And uh, people really just should... I mean, okay, demons and those weird undead things and stuff, okay, they probably don't get it because they're dumb. So that's fine that they would act the same way. But normal humans, they should totally know to stay the fuck out. Like, those <laughs> stupid little bandits that are randomly in the countryside... No way. They should be hiding from you. You should have the vision thing, and they should be like, oh, God, he's detected me. I got to get the hell out of here. You know, that would be hilarious to me. <laughs> but anyway, enough of. That's enough of that. Enough of that. I should go. <laughs> you should go. Are we going? Uh, Yes. Unless yeah. Colin has some. Oh, not Colin. Uh, Sorry. Adam has uh, uh, yeah. No. I mean, we covered everything that we were going to talk about. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty thorough, right? This seems like thorough. a substantial we, episode. Yeah, but we missed out on the discussion about how video... Uh, not just like a certain video game being popular, but I mean video games as a whole being popular. Has that affected video games' quality? Oh, well, you know what? And we can talk about this very briefly. I, yeah. I, I think it's just shifted quality. I don't think it's necessarily made it worse or better. I think people have a different approach to it now. Like, obviously, games being made now are not being made the same way as they were, you know, like yeah. 20 years ago, where the, kind of the approach was different. Mm. Now people are going towards the realism aspect, but not necessarily graphics-wise anymore, because we've kind of started hitting that peak. Yeah. They're going kind of like what we were just talking about, more in uh, immersion and, and feeling correct in terms of, like, how things behave. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good shift. Like, even what you were saying about Journey the other day, like, there, people are being more experimental now, with how yeah. interactions with you and other real or fake characters happen. I, I really want to talk about the game again. Have you played it yet? No, I haven't played Can it. Can you play it by next week? Please? I got a lot of work, though. It's only like an hour too long. It's not that short. Wait, that's it? I mean, it's not that long. It's really only a two hour. It's going to be three hours at most. 
Oh, well, but you'll play it. I think you'll play it again. I mean, this. I, I, I mean, I think I. I talk about. Well, I don't know. I think I just find something I really like and focus so hard on it because yeah, I really like it. Journey is one of those. Is one of those things because it's one of the most. It's certainly one of the most intensely beautiful video games I've seen. Did, wait, did you ever beat Bastion? I did. Of course, I beat Bastion. Oh, I was Bastion. Some Bastion was awesome it and too. Then stopped. <laughs> No, no, no. I've, been, I've I've played that game like three or four times, actually. Uh, no, I love Bastion. Bastion's awesome, but th- this is like tons more beautiful than Bastion. This is like a triumph in in like environmental design. I thought no, you hated the. Let me uh... let me let me qualify my statement. <laughs> Go no, ahead. It's a, it's a triumph in like environmental design and like character interaction. I thought it was it's really great, and I think that you know it's getting a lot of it's getting a lot of attention that it really deserves. I think. I, what you're saying makes total sense. However, yeah. I can't help hearing what you just said, sing-song voiced, like the Portal song. Oh, my God. Get me out of here. <laughs> you could do it. Well, okay, I'm not going uh-huh. yeah. to put you through that. Um, but, yeah, no, 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 I, I agree. I think, um, in general, there's a great potential for making really, really engaging games. And, unfortunately, it takes a little bit more work. Because, you know, it means you're going slightly outside the boundaries of what normally happens in the game. But I think the payoff is great. And I think people are slowly poking around in that new nether region. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a good thing. But he... <laughs> the new Leisure Suit Larry game, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Actually, it's not a new one. They're going to redo the original one with Al Lowe as, as like, the head. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh. They had a Kickstarter for it, and he made oh. a pretty funny video, actually. And uh, they got enough support money-wise, although not as much as the um, uh, Double Fine one. Yeah. But still, enough for them to do... Well, also, they're doing just a revamp of the original. They're not doing a brand new one. So that's yeah. why I think they're asking for less money. Yeah. Or they were asking. So anyway, yeah, they're doing that. But um, like what I was saying was people are, are slightly pushing the boundaries, but... They they need to push a little bit more. They need to go a little outside their comfort zone, uh, and they're still, uh, uh, huh? It, sorry, go on. I thought you were done, so I was getting ready to talk. But no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say like I make I made I think I've made this comparison in the past. I compare video games to you know video games as a new medium as something similar to like the way movies were like a hundred years ago or so, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, movies were new or film was new at you know, the beginning of the 20th century. And yep. it had, like, these times where, like, everybody was just kind of messing around. That's, like, I would look at, like, the times of, like, the 80s and the 90s where these guys, you know, these, like, small little teams just make these little games that where they're kind of just messing around but making a little money off it, too, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, like, it comes, like, this time where, like, it's, like, you get to, like, to the golden age of Hollywood cinema where it's just, like, these big budget, like, gone with the wind, you know, like, huge epic things where they spend a lot of money and they get a lot of money in return, right? And I think that it's going to take something like, you know, like a Citizen Kane, which really brought to the forefront the artistic qualities that are inherent in this medium, right? Like it took right. something like Citizen Kane. It's just an example. I'm sure there are others. But, I mean, Citizen Kane is the one that people look to. Is like this is like one of the first, you know, really uh, um, artistic movies that was really popular at the same time, right? Like people look at like Battleship Potemkin and uh, like right. – um, um, Not M, but uh, Metropolis, the uh, – the German film. I can't think of who the director is right now. Uh, Fritz but, Lang. Fritz yeah. Lang. Thank you. Yes. Where it's stuff like that. Where it's my, like, you know, my these... bachelor's degree at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just you know it, it. Those were, you know, they were popular and artistic, but I don't think that they realized the artistic value of those at the time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's only in retrospect that we look back at these movies, 
that we realized, wow, this really had an influence on the medium as a whole. Right. Where I think that with with Citizen Kane, the effect was so immediate and it was so popular at that same time that it was accepted as a piece of art right from the forefront, you know, right from the get go. You know, right. and there hasn't been a video game like that yet. I don't I don't think you know. In my opinion, there hasn't been a video game like that yet. Um, there have been some approaching it, approaching like you know, being a piece of art and being decent, you know, like a long life. I'd say Journey is, but it's like it's so short. It's just like it's almost like a proof of concept that doesn't right. really detract from the experience. But I don't think it's really good enough to say that this is something completely groundbreaking yet. Well, that's the thing. When's the last time you've played a game, both of you guys, that made you, as soon as you finish it, go like, oh, my Lord. Like, not, not I know Journey was a, a good game, but, like, something that yeah. really, that you thought about for, like, a week after. Like, you're, you're in the shower and you're like, oh, that game. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, you've either had an emotional reaction to or something. When's the last time you really felt that? Whole journey, actually, but I mean, I'm trying to think before that because I'm like, obviously like I'm a major. Right now. Huh? I'm trying to. I'm thinking back. Like, wait, what was Adam going to say? I'm saying that's tough. Like, I mean, I, I had that with Bioshock. Um, right. Yeah. I'd say. But... I would say Bioshock comes pretty close because they took something that was as a first-person game. They added a really unique element to it, and they had a plot twist that was amazing. However, unlike a Citizen Kane or something, they fucking failed with the end. Failed at the ending, and that's, that's I that think, was the that was the problem. That's a lot of problem uh, problems that games have, where not necessarily the ending specifically, but they'll always be great all the way up to a certain point, and there'll be something that it fucking fails miserably at. Yeah. And ironically, a lot of the really old games didn't have this problem. Like, I would almost say that, I don't know, something like Super Mario 3 or something like that would be closer to a Citizen Kane, realistically, than uh, something hey, that's... See, that, that's something where I think it's more like a Metropolis or Battleship Potemkin, right? If we're going like, to compare to movies. Yeah. Like, like, you know, at the time, yes, they were popular, I think, but... It didn't. It you know like it takes years to realize that you look back like you like you put it in years that after you, you played it and you're like yeah and you look back and you say wow you know they took all these tropes and now it's like incorporated in you know incorporated in in it's like if you watch Alien if if if, if you were going to like a twelve year old nowadays and had them watch Alien from 1979 oh, they would be like they would be like you know well I, you know I've seen this movie before it's because all those tropes have been taken out of out of Alien and put into sci-fi and put into thrillers so much nowadays mm-hmm. that we don't even realize it, you know? It's, you know, it's the Seinfeld effect. Like, every every sitcom you watch nowadays is so deep in the in the, in the threads of the way Seinfeld was mm-hmm. that you don't realize it, you know? You have to sit down and watch Seinfeld and really look at it and say, you know, back in 1994, this was new. This was novel, you know? Right, right. It takes that sort of thing. Well, that's why it's so tricky to pick out a specific game because yeah. there's often times where you'll think, well, I can think of a, a much older game that felt much more satisfying to me overall than a new game, even though the graphics might not have been as good or, you know, something was before its time. Yeah. Because a lot of games now, it's like they'll put all their effects into how good it looks and not necessarily how good it feels. Yeah. Like uh, even Uncharted 3, I was thinking for a minute, and I'm like, I felt really strongly about Uncharted 3. However, there's a p- bunch of parts about Uncharted 3 I did not feel very strongly about. <laughs> it was a beautiful game. And there were yeah. some parts of the story, like their their dialogue is excellent. But um, there were some story points, and I'm like, ah, I've seen this before somewhere. I just can't put my finger on where. Like, there's a lot of mishmashed things that work in movies, actually, that were put into the game. So that's why I can't say it's like a Citizen Kane type game because it's, it's borrowing too heavily from everything else. Yeah. Which is fine as a game, but 
in terms of the best game of all time. No, I don't. I'm not even sure I can say that. You know what? Funny thing. I was in, when I was teaching class today. I, one of my kids took out like a keyblade, little like key ring thing. You know, he had it on his keys. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, you know, Kingdom Hearts. He goes, yeah. Do you like it? I said, you know, I never, I never been too hot on it. You know. But didn't I, he I, actually I, thought about it or? No, I mean, no. But I, but he came up to me afterwards, like, so, Mister Mister Birch, you don't like uh, you don't like Kingdom Hearts. I go, yeah. I go, no. It's not that I don't like it. It's like it's just not my cup of tea. You know. And I look at him. I go, you know, I I can tell you like RPGs. He likes Japanese stuff. He re- I see him reading manga in class. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, I can tell where he's going with this and it's like you know me i'm more of a platform shooter you know strategy sort of guy you know we just had different tastes like there's some there's some people that for example you know final fantasy 6 or i you know i never played all the way through xenogears but i do know some people that swear by it there's Mm -hmm. specific games that people said i felt like i was in an epic experience from start to finish and they're older games and it's yeah. it's something that you know when you finish you'll just think about it maybe for the rest of your life like you'll draw upon that you know when something some other game comes out and go well they didn't do it as well as these guys did it like they were the foundation for other games to kind of build upon and uh i don't know like i would almost say some games are better for specific feelings like i know a bunch of people that really love valkyrie profile if you ever mm-hmm. played that one no, I haven't. But I was not nuts about the gameplay, but apparently the story is very serious and very kind of yeah. dark. And a lot of people like that because it felt more mature. I think that's mm-hmm. also why a lot of people like Xenogears. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's very tricky to find a super satisfying all-around game compared so to be, an old you, movie. You think, you think that the state of the industry is keeping a lot of games that may have this capability from being made, from being distributed well, or produced? Like I think we mentioned a while back... It, Unfortunately, because it's a business, and because a lot so are of this, movies. Yeah, but remember, even like we were talking about in the past, businesses weren't really uh, wise to like what sold in movies. So it feels like back in the day, like the '30s and stuff, they kind of let people experiment a little bit more because they weren't sure like what was the big seller until people started making a lot of specific genres, and it's like, oh, okay, it's that one. <laughs> Just make a lot of more of those like. Uh, Buster Keaton movies or something yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> um, but it did feel like people were willing to be more experimental. Plus, it took a while, if you notice, for the independent games to really uh, start taking off. And the, the indie film industry has been around, like, a lot longer. And I think a lot of really amazing things come out of there. And right now, you're starting to see a lot of really cool indie games come out. So I think mm-hmm. the development cycle has just taken a little longer to get off the ground. But I do believe that the indie games are like the future. Not necessarily that they'll take over major mainstream games, but they will be, in my opinion, the driving force that inspires those other games to kind of look outside themselves a bit and say like, well, what kind of things can we integrate to make ourselves at least feel fresher than before? Because yeah. these these little small games are able to give you bite-sized bits of like, ooh, this is I was, cool. I was talking to my roommates about that, actually. I said, I can't think of any game that I paid a full $60 for that was more satisfying than Bastion, Journey, Fez. Like, even um, uh, uh, if you played Limbo. Limbo, it's, it's that's another one. Braid. Braid. Yeah, Braid. Yeah. Like, Limbo in particular, since it does have kind of a cinematic sort of feel yeah. to it, that's a good example. Like... Um, not too much of a story, although there is something odd that happens that you sense, you know, with the dead kids and the kids yeah. trying to kill you and everything trying to kill you at a certain yeah. point. And that whole, like, vague, ambiguous ending. Yeah. Like, 
it, it does make you think about it. And I think it's very effective overall. I mean, yeah, you might get frustrated with some of the control sometimes because a kid is not, <laughs> it's not the best jumper now and then. But like, <laughs> I, I do think as a total package, it's extremely effective. So I wouldn't necessarily say that's my favoriteest game ever. But if I was thinking about something that I thought about for many days later, Limbo would probably be one of those things. And I think those sorts of games are the exception, or are they going to be the norm? Well, I'm, I don't think they'll ever be the norm, because they'll always be a little unusual. It's not like people will make another game that's like Limbo. They'll usually mm-hmm. say, like, okay, that's Limbo. Now we're going to make something totally different. Yeah. Like it's, it's harder to make spin-offs of that kind of uniqueness. Like Shadow of the Colossus. Other people have tried elements of it. You know, like, oh, if you looked at that new, the upcoming Raiden uh, Metal Gear game, like, yeah. oh, you have something where it looks like he's jumping up a giant robot's arm and fighting it. Wait, that kind of reminds me of Shadow Clauses. <laughs> <laughs> like, other other companies will probably try to copy certain aspects, but very few are going to just whole hog, you know, like, copy the whole fucking thing. Like, they yeah. might say, like, I really liked the creepy, like, I can't see anything effect in Limbo or, like, the... The kind of, um, you know, film grain quality of, like, the first Mass Effect or something like that, and, you know, where they put that filter on it. Or, like, yeah. even in Silent Hill, the first one, where they cleverly overcame their technical difficulties with the PS1 by having a shitload of fog. <laughs> huh. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, yeah, if you didn't know that, that's, that's, like, what a lot of people always say, like, hey, you know, the easiest way to worry about draw distance and shit is just to have a ton of fog in the in the the town so that you're not worrying about having to create a bunch of buildings instantly that you have to see but it great gives you this great atmosphere that's really fucking creepy yeah. you can't see 10 feet in front of you and then you hear that radio going and you're like oh shit there's a flying thing headed my way somewhere and it adds a lot but a lot of future games will be like well maybe I'll borrow this from this or this from that but they never do a full spin off which it's kind of a good thing, kind of a bad thing. I don't really want to play, like, Limbo 2. <laughs> it's just not going to be the same. <laughs> but that just shows how effective it is. Like, there's yeah. not a Citizen Kane 2, you know? No. Yeah. You're right. So, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Standalone is best. Yeah. And I'm not talking about <sighs> Ghost in the Shell, because I fucking hate that series. <laughs> I was going to talk about that series. I was going to get I'll talk about Hypothesis. Huh? I'll talk about Hibane. No, 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 uh, Citizen Kane level. Uh, be sure to email us at nameofgamepodcast at gmail.com. We have a lovely website called in the name of game.com. We have a Facebook group in the name of game, and we also have a Twitter, which is at in the name of game. So you could reach us so many different ways and tell us what you think about this whole thing or about Black Ops 2 or about EA being poopies. And then or maybe you love EA. <laughs> maybe you love EA and we're going to uh, hunt you down. Yeah, then we'll have to have a. <laughs> We're gonna have I'm sorry, to, we're going to have to kill you. We're going to have to sit down and have a heart-to-heart. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, this is all of us telling all of you, have fun with your gaming experiences. Don't get mad at them. Don't, God. Don't oh. get mad. No. You know, we're shit. doing oh. so good. It so uh, feels good to make you mad. This is good. That's not mad. I'm just <laughs> exasperated. Yeah. Whatever. Later. Free hats. Bye. Later. Oh, fuck you. Oh, <laughs> yeah.